Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for February 24th, 2019. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. And I have two new fight videos up from yesterday's UFC show in the Prague, the Czech Republic. Uh, this aired in the U.S., um, at least the main card aired on ESPN+, and the prelims aired on ESPN2. In Canada... It, the whole card aired on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, TSN has the rights to uh, UFC in Canada, and uh, there, the last year and a couple of years, uh, the year before that, uh, the Fight Network was used as a secondary broadcaster. But they're not doing that anymore, and so all the uh, when the TSN does not want to carry a show, which will probably be shows like this that are on during the day. Um, they're going to um, uh, let them be on USC Fight, Fight Pass. So that's where I watched it, was on USC Fight Pass. Now, there's two women's matches on the show. Let's go over both of them. The first one uh, on the main card was Liz Carmouche versus Lucia Pudalova. And that was at flyweight. Now, the big deal with this fight is that Lucia is the only fighter on the UFC roster from the Czech Republic. And the crowd response for her was tremendous. The problem is, she's a terrible fighter. God, she was two and two in the UFC coming into this fight and she didn't look good even when she won. And you know, Liz Carmouche, she was never a great fighter. I, you listen to them on commentary, it's like she was a great fighter and she's a yeah, women's MMA pioneer and all that nonsense. Not really. My idea of a women's MMA pioneer would be somebody like uh, Marlus Conan, for example, or say Megumi Fuji. Uh, Marlus is somebody that Liz lost to, by the way, in Strike Force. So she was never that good a fighter, and uh, now she's older, and she's had some injuries. She's gotten worse, and and you know she's dropped to flyweight as well. I'm not sure that really makes any difference with her. Okay, like she's always been ripped, even when she was at, fighting at the heavier weight. But she's the best fighter that Lucia has ever faced. Now, this fight was about as bad as I thought it would be. And one of the reasons it was bad is because Liz, as she's gotten older, she doesn't finish fights anymore. Okay, she's gotten to be more of a points fighter. So... <laughs> Here's the funny part. After the fight, Liz said that her strategy was to make Lucia miss all her punches. And, and I mean, that part of her strategy worked great, but Liz settled on winning a decision instead of being more dominant. And the end result was that the first two rounds were, were awful, really close to unwatchable. They really were bad. And most of the first round was clinching on the fence. And, you know, I would have liked to have seen the ref break that up. At some point and uh, round two was more in the line of light sparring and Liz isn't even any good at that right what she's good at I mean she has a good ground game but for some reason she chose not to do that so I scored both rounds 9-9 because neither fighter did much of anything okay and I know Georges don't score tie rounds but maybe they should sometimes I mean this was pretty awful 
Okay, now in round three, Liz finally got a secure takedown because she got a couple of takedowns the first two rounds, but I wouldn't describe them as secure. Okay, she got a secure takedown and exerted enough control that I scored the round 10-9. So my score was 28-27 for Liz. The judges scored the fight. Uh, two of them scored a 29-28. The third one scored a 30-27. <laughs> the crowd booed the decision so loudly that we could barely hear Liz's post-fight interview. And as bad as Lucia was, there is no excuse for Liz to not dominate and finish unless she's just not capable of doing that anymore. And if she can't finish a fighter like this, okay, who really isn't very good at all, like, she's just blah, um, then maybe, she, you, know, she, you know, she's not a contender anymore. I mean, she's just a mid-card fighter. You know, maybe that's all she ever was. I don't know. All right. So the other fight, which was on the prelims, uh, was Jillian Robertson uh, versus Veronica Macedo. And this was also at flyweight. Uh, Jillian is from Niagara Falls, Ontario. She trains at American Top Team in Florida. Now, for this fight, she trained at Rufus Sport in Milwaukee. She is a submission specialist with subpar striking. Uh, Veronica was born in Venezuela. I mean, you probably, some people probably saw that she was born in Venezuela. What's she doing on a European show? Well, she lives in France. Yeah, she's lived in France for a while now. I, I keep hearing she's moving somewhere, but she seems to train at a lot of different places in Europe. She lost her first, her two UFC fights. And, I mean, she came in as a late replacement. She's had some injuries. I don't think she belongs in the UFC. I mean, she's attractive, so maybe that helps her. I don't know. Anyway, Jillian took Veronica down early in round one, and uh, I wouldn't say that she dominated because Veronica did turn things around a couple of times, but most of the time Veronica was defending, so she really didn't generate uh, any offense. Like, um, when she turned it around, it was very brief. So I scored round one 10-9 for Jillian just for uh, going after takedowns and succeeding. Now, Veronica's only hope uh, in winning this fight was to keep the fight standing, okay? Because that's Jillian's weakness. She's just not good at striking. But Jillian got another takedown very quickly, and after a couple of submission attempts, uh, she tried a couple of arm bars, uh, she got Veronica's back and won with a rear naked choke. So, you know, it's good to see Jillian bounce back from a loss, and, and that was a really bad loss on her part. Like, she messed up. So I really like uh, Jillian's submission skills, but she really needs to improve her striking if she's going to get anywhere with some of the better fighters in the flyweight division. Uh, her striking needs to be good enough to set up her takedowns just to make things more difficult for op opponents to anticipate what she will do. Uh, right now, uh, she seems pretty... Uh, it would be pretty easy to, to uh, prepare for her because you know she can't strike. So you just try, you know, you've got to work on your takedown defense and things like that. Now, like I said, a fighter uh, like Veronica, she's just not good enough, okay? And she could be headed for Palookaville, as I call it, uh, meaning I wouldn't be surprised if she got released. So, uh, you know, as I said, I like Jillian, but I need to see some improvement in her striking, Okay. So, uh, once again, uh, both of those uh, video, fight videos are up on my blog now. All right, got a couple of um, uh, new fight announcements. Um, 
Now, on Thursday, the UFC had a Q&A session at the Prague show, and they announced that UFC on ESPN Plus 7 will be April 20 at the Jubileni Arena in St. Petersburg, Russia. It'll be the UFC's second trip to Russia. The first time was last fall. One of the announced fights is Antonina Shevchenko versus Roxanne Modafferi at Flyweight. Now, of course, Antonina is the older sister of UFC flyweight champion Valentina Shevchenko. Now, obviously, they are very similar. They're both kickboxers. Now, having seen Antonina twice, I saw her last fight, and of course I saw her on the Dana White Contender Series, I don't think she is as good as Valentina. She's kind of, I would describe her as a carbon copy in the sense that she does the same things, but not as well. Okay. Now, I suppose she could improve, but she's already 34 years old with only seven fights. Okay. She's mostly done kickboxing. So I have my doubts about her for that reason. All right. Roxanne should be a good test for her. You know, Roxanne, we've seen her for years. She's a veteran fighter. She used to live in Japan. Yada, yada, yada. You know, you know who she is. There was a time when Roxanne wouldn't punch anyone, if you can believe that. But it's true. All right? This is when she was on Tough 18, by the way. But John Wood of Syndicate MMA in Las Vegas has broken her of that really stupid habit. And finally, she made it to the UFC through Tough 26. Now, she's 1-2 and two in the UFC. She lost her last fight to Sajari Eubanks. Now, at 36 years old, she's probably as good as she will ever be, but she's a step up in competition level than Antonina's previous opponent. So this fight could tell us if Antonina is any good, all right? Because I, I believe it will be a competitive fight. Now, I don't know if Roxanne wins, then we know that Antonina is not as good as some people think she is. But it just, you know, it really depends. It really depends. We have to wait and see on that one, of course. Now, the other uh, fight announcement, a little confusing. Uh, Combat in Brazil reported uh, yesterday morning that the UFC has confirmed that Carla Esparza versus Livinha Souza has been added to UFC on ESPN3 April 27. Now, this was first reported to be in Miami, but apparently it's going to be at the BB&T Center in Sunrise, Florida. They're calling it UFC Fort Lauderdale because that's where Sunrise is. It's near Fort Lauderdale. Now, this fight will be at Stryway. Now, this is a tough fight for Carla, okay? She is a former strawweight champ who had shoulder surgery a couple of years ago, and since then she has a 3-3 three and three record, and she is on a two-fight two losing streak. She was dominated by Tatiana Suarez in her last fight. Livinia is a former Invicta strawweight champion, and her UFC debut was delayed due to injury. Okay, She is 2-0 in the UFC, though I was not impressed with her recent performance winning by split decision over newcomer Sarah Froda in Brazil. I felt she kind of took it easy on Sarah, and I think we've seen that before with Brazilian fighters. And I, you know, It's something that I wouldn't have expected from her, but I think that's what she did. Now, if Lavinia can dominate Carla, that could solidify her strawweight championship contender status. But if it's close, 
or Carla wins, that's a different story. And Carla needs a win right now because, you know, she looks now, you know, she's two-fight losing streak, right? Now she looks like she's on her way down. Now, on paper, this should play out on the ground as Carla is an elite wrestler and Lavinia has elite BJJ. But Lavinia has better striking, so she may want to keep it standing. I know Carla will want to take it to the mat, but uh, Lavinia may prefer to keep it standing. So a win for Lavinia will get her closer to the title. Now, the other thing about uh, this show is the UFC has rebooked Jessica Penne versus Jody Escabel for this show. Okay? So uh, that's about it for today. Oh, one other thing, a Friday, I forgot all about this, and that's that um, strawweight contender and BJJ whiz Mackenzie Dern announced on Instagram that she's pregnant, guys. How about that? So... You know, we're not going to be seeing her for a while. <laughs> so, But that happens. We've had fighters get pregnant before. I think uh, um, um, uh, Alexis Davis was pregnant a couple of years ago. So, you know, it happens sometimes. No big deal. But uh, uh, that's about it today. Not sure when uh, the next uh, podcast will be. Probably Wednesday, I would imagine. Now, if uh, uh, don't forget to watch uh, those two new videos on frankp316.blogspot.com. If you want to leave a message on the podcast, you can do so on the uh, Anchor voice messaging system. And if you want to, uh, and if you want to um, uh, subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at Google Play Music, Google Podcast, uh, iTunes, and Spotify. Have a good week. We'll talk to you later.